Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Real Education, The, the musical. musical. You're not even trying to say No, I'm not. Anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> no one ever does when I know. I talk. was. Don't be bitter. Just one time. Don't be bitter. I do it like half-ass. You're, well, so you're basically, you know, status quo for me. <laughs> As you so often do. So, uh... Welcome, listeners, to this episode. I am one of your hosts, Wendy, joined, as always, by... Vinny and Mike. And we are joined by special guest star... I am Ashley. Yay! And Ashley is our stunt virgin for this episode, uh, which is about the movie... Mary Poppins! Mary Poppins! Mary Poppins! (laughs) I want to do a lovely Cockney accent. (laughs) Just like lesbian von penis. <laughs> what have I missed? <laughs> call back. Lesbian. Yeah, give it to me. Come on. Call back. Um, that's a callback to our thoroughly modern Millie episode. It is, yeah. Yes. Mary Tyler Moore. His Mary Tyler Moore. Moore. We found that out. Mary Tyler Moore. We call him that on the set of the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, really? <laughs> lesbian von penis. Oh, my penis God. That lesbian. makes me so Oh, penis von lesbian. I'm a yeah. dick. <laughs> that makes me so happy inside. Right? <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty great. So um, we're doing Mary Poppins because Mike's about to lose his shit. I am about to lose my shit. Cause Mary- I think while you were out of the room earlier, he was just like, guys, <laughs> seriously, I'm so excited. And, of course, anyone who knows me knows that anything that has anything to do with Lin-Manuel Miranda, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're exci- I'm excited because Mary Poppins Returns comes out next week. Uh, and it was one of those, though, like... I've told I've told you guys this off mic, uh, not you obviously Ashley, but uh, <laughs> um, no, she was there. You just don't remember, yeah, right? <laughs> I'm sure it's like it's the over me. Right. That's what it was. Um, so the the first trailer came out, and I was like, "Why the fuck do we need another Mary Poppins? Like the Mary Poppins we have is already good enough. Who is ever going to be better than Julie Andrews?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then the first thing you see is like. Uh, the first person you see in it is Lin-Manuel Miranda, and I was like, oh, interesting. And then it's like Ben Wishaw, and then Emily Mortimer, and then all of a sudden Emily Blunt comes in as Mary Poppins. Mm. I was like, I love everything that's happened right now. I need this movie right this fucking second. Um, and so I've been very excited about it, and obviously doing a musical podcast. I've been like, we have to do this so that we can cover Mary Poppins Returns when it comes out. So um, we're using you, Ashley. Yes. So, it leads um, to an end, but so, we're also glad you're going to enjoy this film. So, Ashley, you have never seen Mary Poppins. I have never seen Mary Poppins. I mean, of course, I've seen, like, bits and pieces because it pops up in things like Guardians of the Galaxy. But other than that, I don't... Oh, my God, that's right. You would not even understand Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> if you didn't have Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Ashley and I know each other because of a certain long-running film festival, mm-hmm. 24-hour film festival, and then, of course, Fantastic Fest when I moved down here, and then we've even done a film together. Yeah, film yeah. What? So, Ashley has, um, what's your production company called? Uh, it is Ola Production Design. Yeah. What are you working on right now? You've had a lot of projects. Uh Oh, I've had so much horror. It's so great. There's so much blood and so much satanic rituals going on. I have bought sage just in case. Um, <laughs> just going to smudge yourself preemptively? Yes. Well, this 
I can't say too much about this next one, but there is the devil, and it is in a farm. There is the devil. There is the devil, <laughs> and it's a farm. And I was listening to another podcast about cursed movie sets, and of course, Poltergeist and um, la 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 la, Exorcist popped up, and I was like, well, it's my time. Poltergeist. Satan will get me today. Not today, Satan. No. Yeah. So, not on Mary Poppins Day. Not on Mary Poppins Day. Not on Mary Poppins Day, but maybe after. If I come back and I'm a little twitchy-eyed, you'll know. <laughs> I fucked with the devil. Ooh, can I curse? Oh, fuck that. Fuck <laughs> that, you can. Okay, cool. Um, uh, so, the rest of us can. You can. <laughs> we, have a, we have a strict policy for our guests. And I told you to, I've told you all about uh, the invasion of the body snatchers trauma of my youth, right? Have I not? I, I feel like you have, but... So, uh, my father, asshole. Um, <laughs> I, like, the the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers came out in the late 70s when I was a child. Like, when I was, like, seven or eight. And it was my father's day to have visitation after their divorce. So he took us to the movies, and he thought it would be fun to take us to go see Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You know, a movie where when you fall asleep, aliens take over. Perfect children's movie, yeah. Right? And then because my father is extra... How, Extra penis. Have been here? Seven or eight. Okay. That's, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Well, let's see. Um, I mean, that's some shit, my uncle. Probably, probably, <laughs> probably like eight or nine. Actually, the divorce was when I was seven. Okay. Um, so, as an extra penisy move, I would cover my eyes because I would watch scary movies with my mom. That's how she trained me to watch them and actually learn to love them. Was I, I was allowed to cover my eyes, and my mom would tell me when, when it was okay to look again. Mm-hmm. And so I said, tell me when That's it's okay. That's how Jenny watches scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked my dad to tell me when it was okay to look, and he told me at the worst points. Nice. Oh, oh. Yep. Yeah. such a dick move. Dick move. So I bring this up because uh, <laughs> Superman came out the same year, and I was having horrible nightmares, and my mom used perfect parent logic of if you're scared of one movie, then another movie can be the antidote. And so I was, I freaked out in the middle of the night, and I was crying, and she came and got me, and she was just like, Honey, Superman would never let them get you. <laughs> would Superman let them get you? No. No, he would not. That's pretty good parenting yeah, right there. Yeah, <laughs> and it solved the problem. So here, so I bring this up, Ashley, because Mary Poppins is not going to let Satan get you. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, Unless you deserve it. We'll talk. We'll talk after. <laughs> you have some thoughts about Mary Mark. Poppins is kind of fucked up. <laughs> oh. She's in league with Satan. Good to know. What? What do you know about Mary Poppins at this point, Ashley? She has an umbrella. Yes. Yeah. And she flies with it. True. There is a penguin for some reason. At some yeah. point? Yes, there is a penguin. Why do you know that? That's a weird yeah. thing to pick out of that. <laughs> I just also remember. Mary, like when you ask anybody who's watched the movie, they're going to say a lot of things, but penguins going to be down on the list. I like penguins. Okay. You, well, you know, <laughs> that explains it. Are, do you know any of the songs? No. At all? No. In fact, I kind of I have an issue where <laughs> there are faces behind. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No song, but you but you remember you know the penguins. Look, yeah. we're not here to shame you, but that is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, I have a feeling fun. you're going to hear them and be like, maybe, probably. Yeah. It's gonna be like. One of those weird bands that I never, I thought I never knew, and then I was like, oh, I didn't know them all my life. No, oh. I, I can, I mix up Mary Poppins in my head with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. There's a reason for that. We'll get into that after. Um, so I imagine like her coming down with an umbrella, saying, oh, 
I'd love to see a, a supercut of that. Now I want it. Yeah, like, I, now I, I want, want that too. Yeah. I want Mary Poppins to have a magical car that she pulls out of her bag. Yes. Oh yeah, uh, magical bag. That's yeah, it. That's I gave that I one away. I gave that one away. And then Angela Lansbury flies in on a bed. <laughs> yeah, like let's just go for the trifecta. <laughs> yeah. Totes. Totes my goats. All right. We are now going to watch Mary Poppins. Some of us for the for, for, for time. How many times have you seen it? I mean, I watched it a lot as a kid. And it's probably been since I was a teenager. Like the last time I saw it. Like, okay, so it's yeah. been a couple of decades. So it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, I definitely impression. know it. Like almost front to back, I'm sure. Like, there, it's not 100% clarity, but I've seen it plenty of times. What about you, I'm the same way. Like, we were talking we were talking while you were out of the room earlier, but, like, I um, I used to watch it all the time as a kid. It was one of my sister's favorite. This and it's a weird pairing, but it's also Julie Andrews. Sound of Music was my mm-hmm. sister's other favorite yeah. movie. That's a weird movie for, like, a six-year-old <laughs> to love. Nazis. Yeah. No. yeah. It's, like, the best movie for a six-year-old to love. Yeah. Nazis. Fight Nazis. Fight it's Nazis. It's really weird to watch as an adult and be like, oh, my sister loved this movie. Um, I but, feel like if more of us had watched The Sound of Music, well, America would not be in the predicament it is in now. That's yeah. fair. When the core message is fucking fight Nazis. Uh, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, so this, uh, my sister loved Julie Andrews, so I watched a lot of Mary Poppins, and, and I, but I haven't seen it. Same thing since I was like a teenager, probably. And uh, it's one of those that it's, I feel like I know all of the story beats. And of course, I know all of the songs and everything. And it's very vignette which we'll talk about. And like, so like knowing kind of all of the chunks, I'm just like, I don't know what order they all fall in. <laughs> and of course, I know it super well because I have a young daughter who, of course, watches it on repeat. Like when she was three, this was just like, that's all we watched for quite a while, which... I mean, if you're gonna watch a movie, worse, on, yeah. yeah, I was, I was of the parenting school of don't ever show your child something that you don't want to watch ten times in a row. Right. Mm. So, and Mary Poppins, I'm happy to watch that ten times in a yeah. row. All right, Absolutely. and so now the, we're gonna watch it one time in a row, and we will talk to you after. Is Julie Andrews gonna have boob jokes in this one though? What? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Nice callback. Yeah. Listeners, that's the Thoroughly Modern Millie episode, and you might want to go back and check that one out. <laughs> Light up the sky. It's the entertainment thrill of a lifetime. Mary Poppins, Walt Disney's newest and most delightfully entertaining motion picture. Starring the toast of Broadway's musical stage, the incomparable Julie Andrews. For a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, the medicine go down, medicine go down. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in a most delightful way. And America's fabulous funny man, Dick Van Dyke, as you've never seen him before. Mary Poppins, the fabulous adventures of the world's most charming and delightfully eccentric heroine. I can tell you one thing, Winifred. I don't propose standing idly by and letting that woman, Mary Poppins, undermine the discipline of... 
it's something odd, I miss. Extremely odd. About the behavior of this household since that woman arrived. Yes, dear? Ow! They're at it again! Yes, the wondrous and magical ways of Walt Disney's Mary Poppins so completely and so hilariously discombobulate the family with whom she comes to stay in such delightfully amazing ways. Their lives are never again quite the same. And nor will yours be when you've been touched by the magic of this magnificent new motion picture from Walt Disney, Mary Poppins. Oh, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Goodbye, Mary Poppins. Don't stay away too long. So that was Mary Poppins, y'all. Okay, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> now you get that joke. I do get that joke. So, Ashley. Yes. What did you think of Mary Poppins? I Mary Poppins. I found it quite delightful. I learned a lot. So my theory, Mary Poppins is a drug dealer. I feel like it's very <laughs> solid. And, and or a demon. No, no, no. That's demon is Mike's oh, theory. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna go with I'm, Ashley's I'm first. Conflating the two. I do like I do like this. I feel like there is some good evidence there. Lay out your uh, lay out your proposal. So the kids get Poppy. <laughs> the uh, Bert is the uh, addict that gets meth, <laughs> and Uncle Albert is someone who suffers from mental illness, probably bipolar. And uh, <laughs> she, he is addicted to uh, whatever opioids doctors give these days. Okay, what, whatever flavor of opioids. Yeah. It's currently on the menu. That one. That one. Okay. Um, I do like this idea because we were, <laughs> I was, laughing at the whole scene where they jump into the chalk painting. And then when it starts <laughs> to rain, they all gather around and are just standing there when it starts to rain. I'm like, were they just? Standing there the whole time, sort of slack-jawed, staring at a painting. Then as soon as they get back in, she gives them more medicine. Don't see them with LSD. Standing in a park. A spoonful of cocaine makes the medicine (laughs) go down. That was the original Coca-Cola recipe, as we know. So what is your demon theory, Mike? I never said demon. I want to be clear on that. (laughs) But she is 100% a witch. Oh, she's definitely a witch. It's also, she has some dark shit in this movie. Yeah. Like, they go on the thing, like the the um, the horse race thing, and then she like straight up gaslights the kids about it later. <laughs> and they're like, you did this thing, yeah, and she's like, happened. no, I didn't. <laughs> a, a respectable person like myself. Yeah. What? Um, also, she only comes to town... To kill the old guy at the bank. Yeah. <laughs> She's actually just a contract killer. Yeah. Raspberries. She's a witch <laughs> who incepted Mr. Banks into murdering his boss. And then that's done and she's like, 
Time for I'm me out. to leave. <laughs> Mission accomplished. I, I hadn't thought of it. That. Where did you, wait, if you haven't watched this in decades, where did all this thought process come from? Uh, that, the, the end thing, um, about the old man dying, I did not remember. And I thought of that <laughs> while I was watching the movie and I was like, that's real fucked up. Yeah. I just came to the same. I did remember watching it just now. I did remember some of the darker things like, She's always kind of a buzzkill to everybody. <laughs> like she's like, let's go have fun. But don't really like No, no, no. We are not going to have fun. We're not going to have fun. Fine. Fine. We're gonna go up on this yeah. rooftop. Yes, there's gonna be a dance number. No smiling allowed. Yeah, exactly. And so that's kind of what I remember most about it is that like she's very stern, but is supposed to be this like kind of good time person. Like she she brings the kids into all of these like great situations and it's like she can't really enjoy it <laughs> well it's british yeah that's fair it's also turn of the century right and it's supposed to be like 1910 1910 yeah, Edward, it's like at the end of the edwardian edwardian like age. nothing's happy at that point oh <laughs> uh, no things are about to get real bad yeah as a matter of fact so uh ashley other other things you noticed um well, I was very happy to hear that the uncle was the Mad Hatter, and then they had a yeah. tea party. I was like, I know this voice. <laughs> <laughs> clear now. So the uncle is played by Ed Wynn, who is the father of Keenan Wynn, who we saw, of course, in Kiss Me, Kate. Bit by bit, putting it together. As one of the gangsters. Apparently his great-granddaughter was in the new Mamma Mia. Huh. What? Her name is, like, something, like... Jennifer or Jessica Keenan Lynn. What? Oh. I did not know these things. I haven't seen the new Mamma Mia, but what she I plays th- one of the friends of the um, daughter. Well, that's cool. Okay. Um, what I what I did find out is that Edwin was a vaudevillian comedian, so uh, very much a vaudeville uh, performer. And he, Makes sense with all of the jokes <laughs> oh, he's telling. And the ad-libbing. That is <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. very much. It's all very vaudevillian. Um but apparently he didn't come to actual acting until later at the urging of his son, Keenan. So Keenan came, like, grew up, became an actor, established himself, and it was like, Dad, you should try some acting or something. And that's how we now have Edwin in movies with his very iconic voice. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Endless. And, endless, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> what was there's you're right that was nothing like a joke <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like there's nothing like a good joke he's like you're, you're right and that was nothing like a good joke <laughs> <laughs> oh the classic dad jokes of mm-hmm. it all a wooden leg named smith you can find a wooden leg na- named smith at walt disney world in Frontierland. oh really what? yes nice Yes, it's in the... I'll say I laughed at every single joke in that <laughs> yeah you did yes you did <laughs> While my husband was awake, so did he. I was very tickled by it. <laughs> by, like, everything they said when they were laughing at the ceiling. I was like, I'm, I'm down for this. No. <laughs> no. Those jokes are terrible. No, they're amazing. <laughs> I love that they go floating up, have their little tea, and then they all like, oh, no, we're depressed. We're going to float on down. But the table. The tea and the table stays up top. Table up, table's up on top. Whatever. That's a thing. So, Mary, um, I was reading, of course, like I always do, I looked up some trivia. 
Julie Andrews recorded Stay Awake like 47 times because she wanted to get it perfect of that soft, almost whispery sound of singing a lullaby. She's mm-hmm. like, no, no, I can do it better. I can do it better. 47 times she tried she before she felt like she nailed it. It worked. Mm-hmm. I almost fell asleep. I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm staying awake. No. There goes my eye. Or is the gaslighting song, was that what we decided it was? Oh, or was yeah. it the I'm going to smother you with a pillow song? Yeah. Oh, well. Why not both? Stay it was also away. that. She's like, stay awake. You just hear like closing in with a pillow <laughs> over the bank <laughs> children. It, it sounds so sweet, except put it with a little bit of creepy undertuning, like, yeah. a, like a weird, sad, tinkly piano, and suddenly it's just straight up murder music. Mm-hmm. Stay awake. Don't nod and dream. Yeah, it's a cocaine for you. No, cocaine would be a lot. It's <laughs> like creepy singing, stay awake, having dosed them. Oh, the spoon. yeah. Sure. No, the cocaine number is step in line for yeah. sure. Step in time is cocaine. Like, I feel like uh, stay awake must be Richie's then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so to remind you of the serious shade that Julie Andrews threw about this, this was her um, film debut. She had, and those who listen to us at Thrilly Modern Millie, this will be a review. Congratulations, you will you will pass the quiz at the end. So, um, she uh, of course made sort of her big first splash on Broadway in the West End in The Boyfriend. Then um, she, where she really hit big, was in the stage version of My Fair Lady, mm-hmm. where she played Eliza Doodle. Do Doodle? Doolittle. She was huge. She was huge. And then um, right after that, Camelot, and then they decided they wanted to film My Fair Lady. Walt Disney was like, I want you to be Mary Poppins. And first off, she said, I'm pregnant. And he said, that's okay, we'll wait. And she said, also, they're doing they're doing My Fair Lady, and I really want to play the part of Eliza Doolittle. He's like, we'll wait. Like, I want you. I will wait. So she would not say yes to Mary Poppins until she got word that, in fact, they were not going to cast her in the movie. They were going to cast Audrey Hepburn and dub her voice with Marnie Nixon, like they always did. And the serious shade was the fact that... Zero credit for any of that stuff, by the way. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Bullshit. Uh, Audrey Hepburn was up for Best Actress, the Best Actress Oscar, and so was Julie Andrews, who won it, and in her thank you speech, she said, thank you to Jack Warner. If you had cast me as Eliza Doolittle, I would not be standing here right now. Oh. <laughs> Shady. Jazz hands. Love you, Dame Julie Andrews. Love you. BFFs with Carol Burnett, BT Dubs. So. How raunchy do you think she was behind the scenes here? Right? Oh, apparently they forgot her up in the... They like left her up in the harness and forgot her, and then they when they lowered her, they lowered her a little too quickly and kind of thud. And the stage, the the grips are like, is she down now? And she's like, she bloody well is. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love the idea of uh, Julie Andrews yelling at people because it's hilarious in my head. It's Mary Poppins. What? Maria and Mary Poppins. I really want. I would love to hear her fucking cuss. That would be hilarious to me. Yeah. Yes. Pull that out of your carpet bag, please. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they apparently, like, to get natural reactions, they didn't tell the kids about a lot of the trick, like, stage magic they were going to do. Oh. Which So, like, the bottle that could pour different colored liquids, 
That was an honest reaction where they're like, whoa, what the shit? <laughs> I love it. Love the magical elements behind it. As a production designer, love the sets, loved the pieces that they used. So much fun. I am glad I was not acting on there because a lot of bombs, terrorist bombs would have popped out. Just like that. Just like, what the fuck is this shit? It changes colors and wanted like for the, breakfast. The infamous story of uh, Josh Brolin on uh, the Goonies. You know this? No. So he was one of the kids in the Goonies, right? Yeah. And they didn't tell the kids about the pirate ship at the end. And so they wanted their genuine reactions. And so when they show him, uh, Josh Rowland, apparently, he's told this story before. He basically just like walked out and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and they were like, great, we can't use that take now because there's a kid swearing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my reaction. We're like, yeah. what the shit? <laughs> also, um, I, I saw Vice recently. And now I want to do a double feature of Vice and W. And just compare Sam Rockwell's W to Josh Brolin's <sighs> yeah. W. I'm not really super pumped about Vice. You but... should be. It's actually really good. No, really. No, really. It's got a really... But I do like Sam Rock. Sam Rockwell's like the perfect version. Well, I mean, it's made by the same guy who did the, the Big Short. So it's got that same... Which was okay. See, I loved the Big Short. I love that angry underpinning, but overlay with like a bit of snarky bitchiness like and a willingness to be to be a little goofy with it so there's some fun fun stuff in vice i really like i'll probably see it eventually you should <laughs> you should because amy adams holy shit y'all i mean i do love amy adams amy adams she doesn't sing this though and that's but, okay so here's what get off on a tangent for a second you get to take the penis out <laughs> what drives me crazy about vice mm-hmm. is in the trailer it's like the un. It keeps saying like the untold story of uh, whatever that like changed the course of history, and I'm like, everybody knows this story. It's not untold. It's like except it's been it has been forgotten. Things have gotten so shitty that like I knew like, all of this, and I was still like, oh fuck yeah, I do remember that. But the untold story is. Um, and sorry, hey, we're we're off on the sidebar now. The untold story is how Dick Cheney was um, really working to redefine the executive position. But like everybody knows that, right? Like except that some of the shady <laughs> shit he did, like we we know because we were paying attention. Probably a lot of people don't. But what he was working towards was an undermining so profound that it is now royally fucked us. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, yeah, there was nothing that I <laughs> didn't know, but it was laid out so neatly that I was like, oh, shit, when you put it like that, we're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it, <laughs> although it was depressing. Like, it was one of those movies like, that was really good. Pass the whiskey. I need to drink away my troubles for at least a week. So, um, but we should get back to Mary Poppins, y'all. We should. That's much happier than the Bush years. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just a spoonful of whiskey makes the medicine well, that, that go old down. man banker murder. <laughs> yeah. See, now that's a message I can get bored on, get on board with. Let's murder all the old rich white men. Let's. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fuck them. Oh dear. Well, we put that out there. 
That, I, if there's one mission statement for our podcast, we need, we need to kill, the, kill the old white guys. Kill the old, especially the wealthy ones. Kill the old rich white guys. Yes. Synonymous with movie musicals is death to rich white men. <laughs> really? You know what? I would write that musical. I mean, Ooh, I'd go see that doing. musical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the production design. Like, I, well, there haven't been nearly enough horror musicals. We agree on that. There's like Sweeney Todd. And Little Shop of Horrors, and that's and it. Now, Evil and Dead and Musical. And now End of the Apocalypse, yeah. Oh. Horror. Mike, Comedy. Mike, Mike's hating on End of the Apocalypse, and we have not gotten into that argument yet. Because it's mediocre at best. Uh, <laughs> how about that Mary Poppins, though? <laughs> <laughs> and that's our peanut gallery trying to get us back on track. Um, so, pretty much this is a classic Disney musical. Um all like when you look at the people who wrote, directed, produced, choreographed everything, and you look at their credits, they all have the same credits because they were much like the Freed unit. It was the same people doing all the same roles and just churning out the movies. Movies like The Love Bug and The Absent Minded Professor and, of course, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. My, that's <laughs> always going to make me happy. Old Yeller. Um, also, of course, oh, that darn cat. We need to. I need to, uh, it's got Healy Mills in it. Yay. Um, and then bed knobs and broomsticks. There we go. Yeah. Which was the reference about, uh, David Tomlinson before and Angela Lansbury riding in on a bed. Yes. yes. Have you ever seen bed knobs and broomsticks? No. I, it's out great. of that list, I've only seen Old Yeller and that movie kills me. Well, I mean, it's such an uplifting movie, though. My grandmother gave me that movie on VHS when I was like six. <laughs> Learn some life lessons, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> And I watched it, and I was just like, why would you show, why would you, first off, why would you show me this? Two, why would you give it to me as a gift? To what watch repeatedly. What is wrong with you? I mean, that's better than my grandmother. She used to babysit me by putting in a cardboard box with a deflated balloon, so. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she murdered dogs in front of you. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I watched the movie, yeah. I have a thing for otters, and I really had a thing for otters. When I was in my 20s and people would give me otters and then my mom, so my mom gifted me a movie called A Ring of Bright Water about, is a British film about a dude who basically adopts an otter and Aww. it's super cute and he, he comes home to live with him and there's some seriously cute otter shit that happens and then at the end of the movie the otter dies. Fuck! No! I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck, mom? <laughs> what the fuck? Like it straight up, some, it, it gets murdered by a cop with a shovel. Well, it sounds, Sounds of the time. Like it, it didn't. Like it didn't run across the road and get like accidentally run over. It didn't run away and get sick or anything or pull an ET. No, it gets straight up murdered by a shovel. <laughs> was it a white cop? It was. It, it had was to be. British. It had to be. It's British. Like, I, so yeah. Anyway, but that's getting into a different so topic. Etc. 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 One of the things that kind of surprised me watching it even though i knew like a lot of remembered a lot of the songs there's a lot of songs there's a like there's a like they like come fast lot. and furious um yeah there were definitely a few like that i had forgotten were songs like i remembered the context but not the actual like right i was moments. i was and always like, surprised well first off there's a lot of reprising yeah and, like mm -hmm. chim chimney is a run through and and a, and spoonful of sugar too mm -hmm. but um I was surprised at the number of times they'd sing a song and to start a scene, and I'd be like, "Wait, but this other song is literally going to come around in another 
shit, two minutes. Holy right. fuck. Sing some more, y'all. It's also funny to me that the first, so you have the scene opening with Bert in the park, like, with his, like, little one-man band thing. But I wouldn't really consider that a song. It's just kind of him fucking around, pretty yeah. much. The first, like, song song is Sister Suffragette. Yeah. Yes. That is a weird-ass way to open a musical. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, like, this musical, where that has really no play. Like, it's supposed to give you an idea of why the bank's mother isn't around, I guess. Yeah, but literally. Yeah, literally, they her needed her to be absent so the kids would be neglected, and so they came up with her being a suffragette. Which is a good thing. I mean, that's a good choice to make. That is. It also feels a little like... Jackie? Yeah. Like, oh, these feminists... Uh, that's why our kids aren't being raised correctly. <laughs> well, yes. Actually, that is one of the problems I have with the movie, is that being a suffragette is presented as comedy. Right. Like, and to a certain extent, to a certain extent, I will allow the point of view that this is a movie made in the 60s, 1964, mm. that is looking back at the the sexism of the earlier generation and poking fun at it, of how ridiculous that women weren't allowed to vote and that it was considered comedic that a woman would want to vote. Right. So I will allow that as an interpretation, but it still doesn't make it any better when she is being marginalized so roundly and the domestics, the domestics. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Except for Mary Poppins, the women, the, well, I mean, actually, you know what? I'll withdraw my complaint. Everybody in this film is fucking frivolous. <laughs> Except for Mary Poppins and Bert. That's it. Everybody else is like what, ridiculously silly. Ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. Bert's pretty silly. But that's what yeah, I think. Bert is so charming. Best, best yeah. accent. This is our oh, first sure. like, Dick Van Dyke. It is our first Dick Van Dyke. There aren't a lot of Dick Van Dyke movie mu musicals, BTWs. FYI. There's uh, Bye Bye Birdie and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and if there's any more after that, I can't think of them. So, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah! Oh, yeah. Let's talk, I definitely need to touch on that. Um, the reason why you get those confused in your heads is because it's the Sherman Brothers. Yeah. Um, it's the same songwriting team. They, the Broccoli people, who, by the way, so basically it's like if James Bond decided they wanted to do a, a Disney musical, you get Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So the Broccoli's uh, took wholesale. They got the choreography, choreography team from Mary Poppins, and they got the songwriting team and said, come over here and make Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And that's how you end up with Neil Bamboo, which is literally step in time, same dance moves, same musical structure, just different words. But, yeah, the Sherman Brothers wrote both. And that's why, because their music is both catchy and immediately identifiable. And it, and so, of course, you would, in your head, be like, yes, why doesn't Mary Poppins sing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Also, magical car, magical carpet bag. They go together. Makes perfect sense to me. Honestly, if you had played Chitty Chitty Bang Bang interwoven, uh, had interwoven it with other songs, I think it would have been masterful. I kind of did it in my head, I'm like, yes. Yeah, I like the idea that like we're living in a parallel parallel dimension where they are different movies, but they really should have existed as one thing. Um, 
a bunch of me and some of my friends actually did a musical review of the Sherman Brothers called Jungle Mary Bang Bang. <laughs> because oh, you were telling about this last, Yeah, because they wrote the Jungle Book music as well. They they did they composed the music for the Jungle Book. I Wanna Be Like You. Um Bare Necessities wasn't them, they wrote some of the other ones, but they did I Wanna Be Like You. So we did a whole musical review of Sherman Brothers stuff with a lot of really fun medleys and, and putting songs together. But the one I'm proudest of, my friend Scott put together, I was like, I want, I want to be like you, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Jolly Harley with Mary, and I want you to somehow figure out a way to mash those three together into one song. And he did. And it's great. And I think there's a video of it somewhere. I might show it to you. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes, listeners. Try to link it on Twitter so you can see that, Twitter and Facebook. But, uh, yeah, Jungle Mary Bang Bang. It was good times. There's, they wrote so much fucking great music. They wrote It's a Small World. Uh, I have a lot of really Well, yeah, everybody does. But the point is, they're you really the good at earworms. <laughs> they are really fucking good at earworms. Yeah. Because yeah. they also wrote Tall Paul um, and Let's Get Together. Uh, Let's Get Together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was from The Parent Trap. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, they like they were the house composers also for Haley Disney. Haley Mills. <laughs> they were the house composers for Disney, and as we know, Disney loved to feed the birds and would have them sing it all the damn time. Play the song, boys. Play the song. <laughs> I used to get so bored during that song as a kid. Well, yeah. and and this time watching it though, I was like. So pretty. <laughs> the one I always, as a kid, and even now I get bored. Once we get into the bank, I'm like, this song, this scene goes on for fucking ever. The Tuppence one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just. Uh, oh, the fidelity, fiduciary, yeah. whatever yeah. bullshit ass song. Yeah, the song goes on forever. It's really long, and it's. That scene is just like, all you need is that, like, the kids have money. They don't want to give it to the bank. They try to convince them. The old man tries to steal it, and well, they cause a panic. Also, uh, I'm going to be critical. It's a really static scene without much happening in yeah, it. Yeah, it's like not they an interesting song. They are all just standing there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I commented. I was like, this bank is, like, fucking barren. Uh, <laughs> yes. There's, like, I didn't realize you get a better view of the layout of it, I think, when they bring Mr. Banks in at the end, and you can see where the teller counters are and everything, and you go, okay, well, they were back in this unexplicably huge atrium that's there, Um, but there's nothing around. There's nothing to see in the background. It's just, what, six old white men standing there, and it's they're not doing anything interesting. There's no real good... There's no dancing or staging going no. on. It's just standing there reciting this kind of boring song. It goes on a little too long. A whole lot too long. Yeah, I was being generous. I was being generous. The representation of their soul, the emptiness that they have, and the only thing that they can hold on it's to. It's barren and cold and echoing. That's yeah, their heart. Exactly. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it. Um, I did find out because uh, Disney really liked the gag of the old man trying to make it do a step down. So that specifically he told the produ- production designers, I need you to build a set, a step on the set. Yeah. Somewhere there just needs to be a step. So he has to step down because that shit's hilarious. They do that shot three times too. <laughs> like I noticed that, that like they do it and they pan away to the kids and the kids are kind of confused. And then they cut back to it, and he's still trying to get down that step. And I'm just like, comedy, right? <laughs> I appreciated it. I loved it. But 
my husband will will definitely agree with this. He can attest to this. My favorite form of comedy is people falling down. So. <laughs> if he had fallen down, it would have been funny. <laughs> God, falling close. down is great. It was close. It was like it was a tease. So I got it was like a chuckle every time. Like. <laughs> I do like when he like falls back, and the other people and the other old men have to like catch him and, and his everything. Legs yeah. are all akimbo and yeah, stiff. Yeah. That's a good yeah. That's a good time. Which is. One of the things you mentioned while we were watching it, his legs are toothpicks. Like, they're so, so, so thin. And those pants are so tight. But, you yeah. know, it's like, he looks fucking scrawny. And I've never, I mean, I know Dick Van Dyke, genus von lesbian, is lanky. But, mm-hmm. dang, he just skin and bones? Feed, give him a sandwich or something? Poor man. Feed the bird. Stretched him. <laughs> <laughs> feed the bird. Ah, all right, that's a slow clap. That was, good. <laughs> that was a really good dad joke. Good job, good job, you. All right, I have some uh, trivia. Uh, as we noted, the nannies lining up at the front were mostly men in drag to make sure that they were big and kind of ugly looking, um, not like masculine, a little frightening. Do we think Mary Poppins murdered all of those uh, other nannies? They just blew away. They God just, knows where they landed. Yeah, it she never shows. She still didn't care what happened to yeah, them. Yeah, she's like, And there are a gone. whole lot of fences with spiky yeah. tops at the, at, so, like, I don't know. <laughs> if, they, if they didn't all die, it was... What she likes to light up their heads on pikes around <laughs> the banks. It is like other nannies stay out. Competitive drug dealers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> she took them out. She got the whole competition. Like, she just took them out. Like, that was a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's moving into their territory. Yeah. She said, she said. It's uh, like the end of The Godfather where he kills off all of the other heads of the families. <laughs> but at the end of this movie, it's the Chicago still... family moving into, to, into the Boston territory. you got to watch out. But yeah. she's not even. She's not even sticking around. The wind changes and she's gone on another city. Yeah, but she's clearly set up an infrastructure. <laughs> she's got birth, she, she and now she's got by. the kids all out on the street. Well, I guess and it's the true. dad, the dad turned at the end, and he is so pushing like mindless the followers. Yeah. yeah, he's pushing the drugs at the bank. Well, Bert the and all of his all of his chimney too. cleaning, all his <laughs> chimney sweeping friends. <laughs> the dog was a mule, and the chimney sweeps—they're just dropping it yeah, down the chimney. They chimneys. just appear out of nowhere. <laughs> yep. She's expanding. That's what the second one is about. <laughs> Mary Poppins <laughs> returns, yeah. She's building up her drug She's cartel. She's like, what's my empire doing, bitch? Like, <laughs> Boardwalk Empire, hello. Um, Step in Time took a week to film. Uh, uh, I told you about how Walt saw Julian Camelot. This film is the most nominations and wins that Disney ever received for a single film. And I think it is a record holder for any one film, too. Huh. Might just be a record holder for a Disney film. But it had 13 nominations, five wins. Um, and uh, <laughs> Walt made Dick Van Dyke actually audition for the role of the old guy. Nice. And Dick was like, no, I really want that role. I'll even do it for free. And Walt was like, no, you're actually going to pay to do that role. I need you to make a donation to my favorite charity. <laughs> oh, what was the charity? Do you know? Um, it was... Uh, it's in the it's in the trivia that you can the find. Party. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I think it was I mean, some sort of film preservation. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, Disney was a famous anti-Semite. Yeah. Um, but it was Julie Andrews got the role in uh, Sound of Music because Robert Wise, the director of the Sound of Music, did mm-hmm. a set visit, saw the Daily Rushes, and was like, "Oh my God, she's amazing! I want her for the Sound of Music." So that's how she got that role. Um. 
and, and Marty Nixon sings in this movie too, which is kind of funny because she also she? sang. She's the geese in the barnyard. Oh, really? Ah, which she also sang. Did in. she actually get credited for? It? Probably not. I didn't see your name anywhere. I didn't either. <laughs> but then again, she didn't get credited for giving the Oscar-nominated performance for um, Audrey Hepburn either. So she was. She was for Eliza, right? Because I know she was for. Um, she was for Maria in West Side Story. Did we talk? I can't remember if we talked about this before because we talked about Marty Nixon several times. That there was this. There was a story that came out recently. Uh, I think you posted it on Facebook and like tagged me in or something. It was like things you didn't know about West Side Story or whatever. And it was one of them was like about Marnie Nixon and how like they kind of gloss over the fact that she never got credit for it. She never got her contract was fucked. So she never got any royalties for it. Yeah. She basically got like paid next to nothing to sing these things. And she's saying like we talked about like everything. Oh, we um, have a beautiful but, actress who can't sing. Mm-hmm. Marnie. And so they're talking about how, um, um, why did I just blank on her name? Maria. Um, Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood was devastated to find out that someone had dubbed over her voice. Yeah, because she, she to, really she, worked hard. Because she found out when she got, like, basically, like, near the late stages of things that, like, they had dubbed over it. And I was like, well, that sucks for her. She still made a shitload of money off of this movie. And, like, meanwhile, Marnie Nixon just got, like, royally fucked. Yeah. (laughs) She just got fucking screwed. Because, hello, studio system. Yep. Um, Let's see. Dick Van Dyke, being his fun lesbian, um, he was offered Gregory Peck's role in The Omen and turned it down and later said, that was a stupid thing I did. That would have been amazing, honestly. (laughs) Right? Can you imagine? Except, I mean, Gregory Pett has such gravitas. He does, and that's kind of why I want to see Dick Van Dyke <laughs> right? in role. I want to see him doing, like, hammy shit like he's doing in this movie in the open. <laughs> well, he even said, like, I turned it down because it was too gory, and there were people being impaled and beheaded, and he was just like, no, this isn't good family entertainment. He's like, I was a bit of a stick in the mud. <laughs> um, did you guys see the um, thing came out, like, last week or the week before where Piers Moore, Piers Pierce Morgan was talking about how, like, Dick Van Dyke, basically the same joke, he would have to be called, like, Richard Von Non-Binary, blah, 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 if he was today. And Dick Van Dyke, like, posted a gift to him of just, like, him from, like, Diagnosis Murder, just, like, rolling his eye. <laughs> He's, like, straight up throwing shade back at him, like, go fuck yourself. And I was like, get it, Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke has no time for your shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Glennis Johns, who's the mother... I love her from The Court Jester, which apparently you two haven't seen. Nope. That's a Danny Kay. Oh, nice. Um, it's, I don't remember, like, we've talked about it before. I don't know how many songs it has, but it's got some fun pattern. It's got Basil Rathbone. He, I need to show that to you because she's lovely in that. And, of course, my favorite performance is when she's the bitchy mother-in-law in The Wrath. But she actually got a Tony for being in a, sometimes a little night but music. Dennis Leary? Yeah. She's the mother-in-law. Interesting. She's the really bitchy mother of of the Kevin Spacey character, who um, just like I haven't thought about that movie in forever. Yeah, either. There and there's a point because she's awful. She's terrible. And there's a point where Dennis Leary says to her, "Your husband's not dead, lady. He's hiding." (laughs) (laughs) There's so many great lines. I haven't watched it since the Kevin Spacey shit went down. Yeah, Catherine O'Hara. 
Yes. Is that who the wife is? Yes. Yeah, I love her. Yes. I just rewatched Beetlejuice. And I still say getting laid by an 18-year-old linebacker is just what she needs. (laughs) So many quotable lines. That's Mary Poppins said that, right? (laughs) That's Catherine (laughs) O'Hara. Get it straight. No, it was a little girl. It was Jane. (laughs) It was Jane Banks. But I was trying to give you the bona fides for Glennis, who has a a Tony Award for A Little Night Music, written by Sondheim, who wrote Send in the Clowns for her, specifically for what her voice could do. She wasn't good at holding a note for very long. That is why Send in the Clowns is written to be in such short phrases. I just think... So that very famous song, written for Glennis Mike Jones. Mike is not impressed. You should be impressed. Also, The Bride of Fucking Frankenstein is, is Katie Mann. That was also Lanchester. Did we recognize her? No. Yeah. Absolutely not. I mean, I'm, I don't know how you didn't recognize her, but anyway. She's also in Bell Book and Candle. Okay. Okay, you've never seen that. <laughs> She's also in Naughty Marietta, which is a musical I do want to show you guys, because that's getting back to the classics of... Uh, Nelson Eddy and Jeanette McDonald, which is a whole other thing that we can go into later. But let's talk more with Ashley. Ashley, did you like the music? I did. I did like the music. It was very fun. I will have to agree there were some that kind of lulled me a little bit uh, to sleep. And it was definitely the bank one. And the lullabies were very effective. Stay awake. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> I cannot do this, my Poppins. I'm trying. Um Alas, no coke or mess or anything for me. She did not visit me. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. And I got to see the free one. And I finally understand where it came from. It still does not make sense, but I no, like it. it doesn't. When the penguin <laughs> popped out, she went, aha! <laughs> aha! That whole sequence makes almost no sense. They all. sit like, down to get a snack. Bert does a dance routine and then they get up and leave and i'm like where are the snacks i'm very focused on the snacks where are your tea and cakes i mean yeah the whole trip into the painting is, um, is just psychoactive also i noticed this time is the kids run be- off one direction and they walk off the other i'm like yeah yeah fuck off kids no fucks, yeah. <laughs> is that supposed to be a date the um pl travers was very adamant as a script consultant that there should be no hint of romance between Bert and Mary. They are there were definitely hints. He's well, like straight up flirting with her during well, that. Yeah, but sequence. and then yeah, and then especially when she's saying you, you know you're a you're a true gentleman, Bert, mm-hmm. and everything, and he's got this look on his face like, hey, are you friend zoning me? What the yeah. Heck? But also the reason I ask is because I did also I did read a fan theory on this that. Mary Poppins was Bert's nanny. She's fu- she's got to be fucking immortal, right? Because yeah. yeah. she's, oh, she's just magic. And that she basically came back sort of to check in on Bert and then realized there was this family that needed help and that she needed Bert to help them. And then there's this whole other thing. Like, there's all these weird theories about it that, like, <sighs> Bert's related to this person or that person. And it's like, okay, that's it. But, like... That it's his uncle Albert. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, it's unclear. It's un. It is unclear. But this is this is the theory: is that it's his uncle, and his the laughing thing is a family trait, and so the kids are somehow related to him too, and so is the old man. No, uh, no. no, no it's this whole weird thing. Yeah. Uh, no, guys, <laughs> that's, that's, no, that's, that's you're much. reaching, you're reaching, people. <laughs> also, um, she couldn't have been Bert's nanny because being a nanny is a very 
there's a specific class for that, and Bert is not from that class. Maybe he unless he has fallen on very hard times. Maybe he did. No. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe he was right. ostracized from his wealthy family. That's it. He ran away. He <laughs> ran away because his family were prigs, and he wanted to be happy like Mary showed him how. All right, let's yeah. build this. Let's build this fan theory. <laughs> yeah, that works for me. Yeah. yeah sure. We're no longer reaching now. We're <laughs> no, well, you're reaching and trying to get everybody who giggles and rises up in the air to be, to be related. How about if you just giggle in the right circumstances, you float off? Also, that'd be kind of great. Also, I love the fact that everybody else has to giggle to float, and then Mary just, like, flies up to them. <laughs> oh, she never giggles. No, she's just oh, like, no, straight up, fuck sure. you, I fly she's like, she's like, y'all gotta laugh. I'm a witch, motherfucker. <laughs> witch. You said, the way you said that, I thought of Black Phillip. And so that is a very interesting musical in my head now with the singing goats. <laughs> I want the Sherman Brothers to write me a song about butter. Yes. Yes. I have a plate full of butter and I live deliciously. <laughs> yes, yes. And you can have a little like chorus of goats being ba in like harmony. Ba ba. It'd be great. Yes. So you told us you which songs did you know? The only song that I recognized was a spoonful of sugar. Everything else was everything else was brand new to you. Even supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Well, yeah, yeah. there was yeah, a literal yeah. yeah, like what? You didn't even know of that word existing. Well, I knew or? that I knew that word existed, and I knew it was associated with Mary Poppins because I remembered in elementary school, my friend was very very excited to be able to spell it all out, and so she would. That was like that was like her win. She would. That was her thing. She'd be like, "I'm going to spell it out for you." And she'll tell one person, then she'll go to the next person. She's like, I'm going to spell this out for you. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. You are crazy. <laughs> I just like to be in this cardboard box with a deflated balloon. That's what I do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just give me some crayons. I'll be fine. Well, my grandmother okay. kills dogs in front of me. Yeah, or a cat or two. Something. Uh, <laughs> if I had had to pick one song that I thought everyone would have immediately recognized, it would have been that one. And Chim Chim Cherie, you didn't know either? No, but that one, I really yeah. wanted it to be Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> chim Chimini, Chim Chimini, Chitty 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 Bang Bang. Yes. Chitty 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 Bang Bang. Chitty have you all, bang, have you all seen bang, bang. It's also hard to like separate these because I've, it's you run into this all the time where it's like something that you've seen oh. so many fucking times and it's just like, everybody knows this, How right? How do you not know <laughs> Feed the Birds? How do you not know Feed the Birds? Or Let's Go Fly a Kite. Or yeah. like... All of the songs are just, like I said, I watched it so many times growing up that it's like, oh, surely everybody has to have at least absorbed this, like, through cultural osmosis. We turned Sister Suffragette into an Andrew Sister swing number, and we turned Let's Go Fly a Kite into a uh, gospel sing-along. What? In our musical review, I just... Oh, remember. we're going back to this. It, I just remember it. I just remember it. So I, Sister yeah, Suffragette I was, was like... Well. I was too. I was like, what are we talking we about? We did win. No, <laughs> guys. I guys, I'm, I'm on autoplay. I'm just on random. Um, no, so Sister Suffragette, like picture a walking bass under it and like like a little bit of like Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. We turned, it, we turned it into an Andrew Sisters number. It was great. Right on. Yeah. We also did Posh from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That was fun. I like that under. Oh, sure. the posh, posh, traveling life, the traveling life for me. I know all these films, guys. Bart. <sighs> that's surprised. I feel like that's what you do in your sleep. I, I do it, it, it everywhere. I yeah, do it everywhere. True. Let's be that honest. That is very true. People are like, you sing in the shower, don't you? I'm like, the shower, please. <laughs> I sing everywhere. There's toast being made. Let's sing at it. 
There are two things I associate you with. Uh, slapping people's asses. <laughs> and singing everywhere. The Lannisters sing the regard. <laughs> so that one was started by Jerry, Jeremy Stomberg to give credit where credit is due or torture where torture is due depending on your viewpoint of getting randomly slapped in the ass. Um, so do we have any final thoughts on Mary Poppins? Favorite songs? Well, before we do favorite songs, <laughs> did anyone else think that the little boy looked like both a six-year-old child and a 60-year-old man? <laughs> also, he His was face weirded with, me the fuck out. Yeah. Caked with makeup. He's oh, yeah. so bronze in yeah. a lot. Like, I noticed it the most um, when they... He causes the run on the bank, and then they leave, and they're running from the dad, and they run into Bert, and they're in, like, that alley. And that kid is, like, mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I, they did get that same facial feature of sort of the sloping down eyes that yeah. David Tomlinson had. So he, there's a – but he is, like, a guppy throughout the entire thing of just with his mouth slightly aj- ajar, just like, what? We are not a codfish. I do like David Tomlinson a lot in this movie. He is so funny. Um, That first, uh, the first number he does when he comes home, um, the life I something or other. How pleasant is the life I lead? Yeah, yeah. And he's basically like, I come home and then I greet my children and then I send my children to bed. Six (laughs) oh three bedtime. (laughs) And then he's doing all of this and they're like. The kids aren't here right now. <laughs> Where are the kids? Where, I'm supposed to pat them on the head and send them off to bed. Where are they? Well, we don't know where they are. I like when the cop shows up. I found some lost valuables. Your children. I definitely like that. I like the um, the scene with the ad for the nanny. is really good. Oh, uh, it's so sweet. It is sweet, and he's just like, ah. Dumb children. <laughs> Play games. What? Pop, pop, British pop. British. Yeah, that's like all he's doing. That he's British <laughs> noises. I swear to God, we should turn on the subtitles so you could just see the subtitle of yeah. British, British noises. noises. Yes. captions like subtitles. Yeah, because there, the I, there is a there was that one little noise he made of like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, insert British noise here. But he's also great because like you get all of that like huffiness. But still, at the end, when he's getting fired and he kind of just turns, he still pulls that off so well that you're just like, you're great. Well, he's, he's never mean. He's just, he's very befuddled. Yeah. yeah. Like, even when he's trying to fire Mary, he's like, well, this is, this is, the, this is how do. things should be. And you can tell that he's that. just like, because that's what I've been told and this is what I, sh- I should be expecting this. And she's like, what if instead? Yeah, how about not that? I do also love when they come back from um, Chim Chim Cheree, and he and they're all covered in soot and everything, and he's like, "Explain this," and she's like, "I'm gonna tell you one thing. <laughs> I do not explain anything." <laughs> first off, I don't explain anything, and she leaves. It's the first off that cracks me up because it yeah, implies because, yeah. there's well, going to be several points, she's going to say a couple like, things, yeah. <laughs> I don't explain. And she leaves. I do, uh, I do, uh. And like, yeah, I love when um, Michael, the kid's like, keep your eye on this one. She's tricky. <laughs> and it's just, and it's like, see, I told you she was tricky. We're going to play a game called clean up the nursery. Uh-huh. Tricky. 
God damn it. And he's like, I want to stay here and play, clean up the nursery again. I also loved his, his overacting attempts at snapping. 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 Uh, <laughs> I'm going to fling my hand. Apparently they um, gave him a dime every time he got a take right. Oh. <laughs> nice. And he was afraid of heights, so having to float up into the air. He got 20 cents every time I got a take right oh, for man. those. There was a floating in the air bonus. Nice. I would I would appreciate a floating in the air. Right. In the sky. Yeah. If I was floating in the air, I'd also be like, mm, what if instead you gave me whiskey? What if that were to happen now? Um, I did start to mention this earlier, but we got off on something else um, about Dick Van Dyke because we haven't really talked. I mean, we've kind of talked about that, but like everybody like the big joke in the, when everybody talks about it is how bad his accent is he had a dialect and he did coach. have a dialect coach but i don't give a shit and maybe because i grew again because i grew up no on he's him. so fucking charming he is so good in this movie that i'm like i don't even care what noises he's making out of his mouth as long as he just kind of does some silly face stuff and then dances off i'm like we're good. Yeah. Well, his, his the words coming voice, out of his mouth were not the important, important his, part. He does have a great singing voice. It's so yeah. warm. There's mm-hmm. something that just grabs you. It's not like it's the most perfectly trained or anything like that, but it just it's the type of voice you're just like, oh, I'll sing me. It's just kind of like a some blanket wrapping around you. He's not a trained dancer. He didn't start oh, really? dancing until 34. Wow. Well, I was noticing, like, there's a couple times where he's doing some, uh, during... Oh no! It's during the uh, uh, um, supercalifragilistic that um, where he and Mary are dancing together, and he's kind of doing some really silly because he's all arms and legs basically. He's doing some really silly stuff, but he's not really doing anything that complicated. No, it's just fast. It's just fast, and it's just legs going everywhere. It's not, and it's not even like legs going everywhere like we've seen with like you know. Comparing him to this is unfair because of who it is, but like it's not like Fred Astaire where you see like legs <laughs> going everywhere and you're like, ooh, that's impressive. It's just like leg noise, basically. <laughs> <laughs> legs are flippity flappity. Yeah, yeah. Also, we got to give a shout out to the flippy boys, flippy men yeah. in Stefan time. Like there was, it was a slow build up to the flipping. We're like, is it? It's flippish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a whole bunch of that where they're just like, oh, now we're going to run around this chimney, and now we're going to do, and it doesn't. You're kind of like, why do they get all these people in here to do this? And then it ramps up bit by bit until it's full on flippy boys. Yeah, yeah. There's, I'm going to give a shout out to the flippy boys doing the backflips, doing their (laughs) shit, and then their one hand thing on the two sides of the roof. Want to feel like and like Dick and Dyke with all the splaying covered our, our shoulder. Quota, oh, move quota. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Um, the choreographers were a husband and wife team who worked with Michael Kidd in New York, hmm. uh, putting it together. And uh, they specifically worked, they were known, what they were known for was working with non-dancers, people, singers and actors who could move but weren't trained. They were really good at choreographing those types of people. And so Dick Van Dyke had worked with them on a variety show really liked them. And when they were looking for a choreographer for this movie, he's like, what about these two? They know how to work with what I can do. And so they built step in time around the vocabulary of what Dick's body could do. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, you do this. Let us do these things and have everybody do them with you. And then suddenly it looks like choreography. I basically take choreography for a great day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a great day puppy. just like, 
there. Lovely. <laughs> I am cute. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna flail around adorably. <laughs> I'm picturing Dick Van Dyke like wagging his tail. <laughs> That's which, the king. Oh, it's Mary Poppins. Oh, oh. Now I'm doing Edwin. Oh, <laughs> just getting it all in there. Uh final thoughts on Mary Poppins. Like, I mean, she's it was wonderful, beautiful yeah. and wonderful. It's funny watching her performance and being like, this was. This won an Oscar when it is such a simplistic performance by yeah. modern standards. But, I mean, the, mostly it, at the time, oh, you're singing and dancing? Have a, have an award. <laughs> uh, I was, okay, so one thing we didn't talk about. We did talk about how the old man dies. One of the weirdest parts of the movie for me is the end when they're out flying the kite <laughs> and the guy's son comes up and he's like, congratulations to Mr. Banks. Yeah. And he's basically like, congratulations, you murdered my father. But he died happy, so now you get to so be So now you get to be back at the bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah it's so weird. That, that whole thing gets resolved and just like, whatever, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's Dave's <laughs> ex machina. Yeah, it's so weird. I was just like, but let's remember. Let's back this up. What happened? When the happened? old man starts <laughs> laughing at the stupid joke about a wooden leg named Smith, and he starts floating. It's a up. good joke, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> They're good dogs, bro. Um, <laughs> and he starts floating up, and he's floating in the air while he's laughing. And the younger, but yet still old one, is I love Daddy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he's crying up at him, Daddy. You just find that hilarious. Oh wait, is that him dying? And is the uncle actually a ghost? <laughs> What? <laughs> I love it. You bring a, you bring something to movies. It also just makes me think of Who uh, Framed Roger Rabbit because yeah. that's how like the tunes they can die if they laugh too oh, much, yes. and then they have the one that dies and he's like grabbing his ghost as it comes out of him. Oh yeah. my god, that is so that was so traumatizing. Yes, <laughs> that and the green sledge. Mm. Okay. Oh, other theory. This is the one because I talked about it during the movie. The dad is the bowler hat man from the haunt, haunting of Hill House or the Hill House haunting, whatever it is. <laughs> yes, David Tomlinson. That would have been hilarious if, if when the bowler hat man turned around in the haunting of Hill House and it was David Tomlinson and he's and he's all British at you. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> humpity hump hump. Then he kills you with a lame joke, like a dad joke, <laughs> <laughs> and you laugh and die. Yep. Oh, I'm floating now. But instead of floating up, you just collapse. Dead now. Dead, you know. Um, oh, we'll talk about it after. Um, so, uh, final thoughts. I have this third time, third call, third call for final thoughts. I, I love this word, and so I use it very sparingly. It's super <laughs> I don't know how to say that yet. But <laughs> I find that this movie was quite lovely. Ah, yeah. It is. It is. It's just fucking pleasant yes it's tuneful the costumes are lovely uh and they dance um and the animated sequence um which pissed off any tom dick or harry uh the animated sequence which pl travers of course hated um as we know by bt dubs listeners if you somehow missed it saving mr banks which stars emma thompson 
uh, is about the making of Mary Poppins from the point of view of P.L. Travers, the woman who wrote the books initially. And it's a drama. It's got Colin Farrell. It's really good, but there's it does provide some insights. Colin Hanks plays Disney, yeah. is that right? Yes, he yeah. does. And uh, uh, What's-His-Toes, Rushmore, is one of the Sherman Jason brothers. Jason Yes, he's one of the Sherman brothers. And me, of course, being a huge fan of the Sherman brothers, when they actually pop up and show them on screen and give them some screen love of, like, BT dubs, the Sherman fucking brothers, right. I'm like... And she's a, she even has a line in it. She's like, those Sherman boys seduced me with songs. <laughs> <laughs> they just love. And there's a great scene where they're writing um, a spoonful of sugar as they're figuring that out. Uh, and uh, there's a great scene of them at the piano. And I don't know how true it is, but it, it looked like it read like an authentic moment of people who are creating a song where they're trying to figure out the melody for a spoonful of sugar. And, they're, they're like, medicine, go down. Medicine, go down. They're like, this, no, it doesn't work until finally, uh, I forget which one. It's, it's like, wait, what if we go the opposite way? Medicine, go down. And they're like, oh, yeah, that works. That works. And it's a surprise because you're expecting it to go down, but it goes up. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I love this glimpse into the creative process, even though it's probably <laughs> false. Um, so yeah, anyway, Saving Mr. Banks, also recommended. Favorite I mean, that was related. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that's a good tangent. Yeah, like that one actually is related, <laughs> unlike us wandering off on device for five minutes. <laughs> but guys, we're not good at agendas. It's not. Yeah. Follow along at home. It's fine. Favorite numbers. This is your first time seeing it. Medicine Which, go down. Spoonful of sugar. sugar. Like, that one was just like, oh, I know this. I'm a part of this group now. I can go with it. <laughs> Dudes, I get it now. I'm going to – I get that reference. Yeah. Plus, that's a fun, that's a fun number because I always put it – always. Like, I was thinking in my head that it was later in the movie. Same. First song. It's yeah. the first song when she comes out, and they're – like, I was thinking it was when she makes them take the medicine after they come back from um, their first, like, adventure thing. Um, but it's – the first number while they're cleaning their rooms and stuff. And that's a fun sequence because it's like all of the, like the little girl snaps and all the stuff in her dollhouse goes up. And like, there's a lot of cool stuff happening. There's the singing bird. Yeah. And she talks to herself in the mirror. It harmonizes with herself. Yeah. I love that. Part. I love the tape measure. Yeah. Yay. The tape measure is such a good, such a good gag. I love that. Um, I also love when she calls herself cheeky. Yes. <laughs> cheeky. <laughs> And she looks so pleased with herself. Favorite number? Um, all of them. Um, I do like they're all so ch- except for the bank song is yeah. the one that's like really bad. Um, but I think like it's hard because I love to laugh is such a good that whole scene is probably my favorite in the movie because it's just silliness. Um, and I love Edwin in it, and, like, he's kind of, that scene is a lot of what I think of when I think of Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Um, more so than even the animated sequence, which is kind of the bigger, like, more Mary Poppins-ish scene, I think. But, um, I think that Chim, Chim Chim Cherry and, uh, Step in Time are, like, probably, those are one song in my brain, by the way. Well, they, yeah, they they're live very, right They're listed that. as two songs, yeah. but they're, they're the same song. Uh, those are my favorite. It's just that one's the most fun to watch, just because it's everybody getting to have fun and be silly. You never touched on how sequential this um, segmented the movie is. Yeah, it's it's very uh, like I said earlier, it's vignette-y. Um yeah. You could 
there's not really a plot other than we're going to go on this adventure and then this adventure. Yeah, they need the nanny too. The the only real plot is that Mr. Banks wants the kids to be more grown up. And so eventually, after multiple adventures, he takes the kids to the bank, tries, uh, but Mary's already sang the uh, Feed the Birds song. And so he bring uh, Michael brings Tuppence to buy uh, bread for the birds. They go to the bank. He's like, no, this Tuppence is for that. The old man tries to steal the money, and he goes, give me back my money. And everyone goes, they won't give him back his money. And they do a run on the bank. And uh, then the kids run away, and they find Bert, and they have chim chimchurri. And then Mr. Banks gets fired for it. Then he snaps, and he's like, Mary Poppins was right all along. And he says supercalifragilistic and tells a dumb joke that kills the old man, and then he gets his job back. So there's not really a plot. It's- yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the – that was uh, probably – since we didn't actually do a plot summary, that'll that'll suffice. Sure, um, yeah. That's the right here of, at the end. But all of these adventures that they have – could kind of go anywhere. Like you could just mix and match them wherever you wanted. Like it doesn't matter if they go into the painting first or if they really doesn't even matter if the chimney sweep number that's supposed to be like after they find all that, that could go anywhere. Like the um, uncle um, Albert stuff could go anywhere. Like it really, it it really does just feel sort of like a whole bunch of short stories, Mm -hmm. like, like a short story anthology basically where it's like, it doesn't really matter what, you read them in. Truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Chim Chim Chiri. And <laughs> okay, so you're going with the Chimney Sweep doubleheader. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Vince? That's my way of cheating and picking two songs. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree. I, I like I like that one a lot, just for the like the kind of big dance number of it all and the, the build up. Um, the other thing I, I I haven't I was hoping I could find it before I brought it up, but there's a it was originally, I think, like posted on Tumblr or something. It's been reposted everywhere. But someone transcribed the Chim Chimney Chim Chim Chiru into like basically like writing on paper, such that like the the sounds that the pencil makes when they're writing is like the rhythm of Chim Chimney. Huh. So it's like it looks like it's just like a long math equation that someone's written out, but like recorded as they were writing it down. Ah. And, like, the cool. rhythm of yeah, the writing. Yeah, you need to find that. Yeah, I'll find it on it the and, Facebooks and, and share it if I can. But uh, that, alongside just the the visuals of that of Chim Chimney, I think makes it my favorite. That's a good one. I'm gonna go with Feed the Birds. I'm with Walt. It's too fucking lovely. <laughs> it is really yeah. lovely. Like I said, it's one that I, as a kid, was just like, can we get <laughs> to the fun songs? Like that's the way you are when you watch oh, yeah. musicals as a kid. You're like, yeah. Oh, the pretty it has all these song. stupid ballads. I don't give a the shit. Boring, like, let's song. go to Supercalifragilistic. But listening to it now is just like, this is so pretty. And Julie, I mean, Julie Andrews just, she's so good. Well, like, I mean, the message of pay attention and be kind to those that are lesser and need your help. It's so sweet. Oh, I can't even handle it. I'm having a feeling. Ah, uh, Home Alone. That's what I think about. Home Alone. Same, same story. The lady, the pigeons, come along New York. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. What? What? Yeah. What? The whole lesson. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm pulling up my sleeves for those who cannot see me. So when he gets lost in New York. We're talking about the sequel. Yeah, the home sequel. Alone 2. Yeah. That's where I was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are no pigeons at Home Alone. 
the sequel. That was Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. <laughs> <laughs> Who are also there in the second one. Are they really? Yeah. Well, no, yeah, out, like, I've, I've never seen the second one. Okay, oh go my ahead. god. Okay. <laughs> Why would I watch it when the first one exists? The second one is just as good. Okay, anyway. Disagree. So, <laughs> there is a life lesson in the second one, which is exactly what you said, where you, you don't judge a, book, a person by their cover, and you try to, like, learn and pay attention to everyone, and it's a lady in New York who feeds the pigeons. Okay. I should watch it, and then I'll sing Feed the Birds. Yes, exactly. It will be uncanny, I promise you. Feed the birds. Home Alone 2. Yeah, Stay tuned for next time when we do Home Alone 2, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, we gotta we got to coordinate our yeah, schedules yeah. to get to Mary Poppins Returns. Do we have any predictions for Mary Poppins Returns? Lin-Manuel's going to sing. It really sing. better be a gritty... Drug, I, drug crime drama. No, it yeah. is not going to be a gritty drug crime <laughs> uh, drama. That would be the best thing. Especially be, because all of the people that are in it that are in it are so lovely. Yeah. And they're just like they're all just people that make me so happy. Like Ben Wishaw's fucking Paddington, you know? Like <laughs> it's just everything. All the people are just so happy and pure. And if it was just a gritty <laughs> ass fucking drug crime drama like, I would be like straight up layer cake yeah. oh, oh, layer I would so love it so much yeah. uh, what about a psychedelic <sighs> trip movie I'm, I'm into that too yeah. Yeah. I'm not really into those to begin with well no but I mean can you imagine like like Mary Poppins the psychedelic drug trip movie that could be kind of fun maybe yeah no I mean not as good as layer cake the Mary Poppins <laughs> um <laughs> I, I just I want I want Lin Manuel to have a big old dance number like Step in Time. Yeah. Uh, did you see like somebody was like, oh Lin Manuel Miranda's in it. He's gonna they're gonna have rap in Mary Poppins, and he played back the part where Bert is basically rapping with the penguins. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's like, go fuck. Well, Lin Manuel Miranda would never t- tell anybody to go fuck themselves, but basically yeah. he's like, go fuck yourself. He's <laughs> like, uh, word right yeah. there. <laughs> Something that the Mary Poppins and that's where we stop, or something. I don't remember that, but he says a whole. Oh, bunch I thought of that was how you're going to end the episode. No, <laughs> like, and that's where we stop. Ah, uh, no, I'm not that clever. All right, so, uh, but that was Mary Poppins. Thank you for coming and joining us. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. So much fun. Uh, thank you for being our our stunt virgin. Um, and if you ever want to join us again, you're welcome to. Now that now that you know what happens, which is basically yes. watching a movie and. Being smart asses a and little bit. Kind of sort of talking about it sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we talk about it. Sometimes we talk about other things. Let's be honest. Podcasting is really just therapy. It for, is. Um, Tangents. For people who like to talk. So, uh, yeah, I've been one of your hosts, Wendy. Be glad I didn't go into my whole long theory about how Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a hidden, like, secret musical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I... Okay, we got to hold off on that one because this episode already This is already long. running long. We'll, do, we'll, we'll get do, into we'll it later. A mini, a mini episode about that. <laughs> it's just my like 30-minute rant yeah. about that. I'm on board. I do want to hear this. It's amazing. Anyway. I, I bet. So uh, I am still one of your hosts, Wendy. <laughs> I'm Vinny. And Mike. And our special guest star. Ashley. And this was Mary Poppins, and thank you very much, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. A Real Education the Musical can be found on iTunes, Blueberry, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook at Real Education Musical, on Twitter at Real Edu Musical, that's R-E-E-L-E-D-U, or check out our website at realeducationmusical.com. New episodes on every Tuesday morning. 
We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. You're not going to say goodbye forever? Bye.